This message is a presentation of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information about the ministry of Vortex Church, please visit us online at vortexchurch.com. Hi, how y'all doing? Hey, we're uh, starting a brand new series today called Freaky. It's really kind of based on this idea. Um, we want to be freaky because normal is not working. So let's, uh, just kind of in, in the way of an announcement, let me just let you know something that's going on as we get ready to start. This is our, our kind of New Year series. And so every year as we get ready to start the new year, we devote 21 days intentionally to prayer. And, and I really want you, as this week unfolds, the next three weeks um, kind of happen. I, I want us to make a intentionally praying and seeking God a, a priority because, as always, we want to pray first. How many of y'all know that typically the way it goes down is we get into the middle of a problem and then we start praying, right, instead of praying first? And so God's direction is always that we would be the kind of people that would seek Him and pray first. That is a little freaky, but that's who we are. So we're getting started today. In this series, and I, and I think I told you last week that this is a series that I'd really been kind of praying and asking God, uh, could we do this for a while? Because I, I had the kind of um, just inclination that this is going to be a really powerful series. Listen to feedback after the first ser- service this morning. I, I can already tell God's going to do something pretty amazing through this. Um, and the reason is, is that normal is not working. And if you looked at my life, and maybe, maybe you would identify with this statement. You know, the first half of my life, I would say that m- my life intentionally was devoted to being normal. Whatever was popular, whatever was normal, whatever everyone else was doing, that's what I wanted to do. So when a trend came along, when there was a new way of doing your hair, when there was a new style of shoes that came out, when there was a new type of dress I was all in because I wanted to be normal. As a matter of fact, maybe the most significant uh, word that would have been a, a kind of a slam towards me would have been anything that would have called me different, freak, weird, right? You didn't want to, I didn't want to be called those until I got towards the end of, of high school. And as the pressures that were mounting on me to be like everyone else, to be normal, begin to grow and to develop. Something happened. It broke me. And just a few weeks before I graduated from high school, I gave my life to Jesus. In the fall of 1996, I went to Western Carolina University where I had a really great opportunity to receive a pretty good education had great opportunities there, but about halfway through the semester, I was convinced by God that God wanted me to leave Western and go to a small Bible college just north of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I was so excited about that that when I came home for fall break, I met with my mom and dad and told them, Mom and Dad, I think God wants me to leave school and to go to a Bible college that's going to cost twice as much. And my parents, in all of their wisdom, um, said, eh, nope, not going to work out. As a matter of fact, if you decide to do that, Kevin, we're not even going to pay for you to go to school. 
See, that's freaky right there. And so unique that over the next few weeks, as I began to do all the work to acquire enough financial aid to actually pay for that first semester by myself, God began to move in my dad's heart. So when I came home at Christmas, having already secured everything that I needed to make that transition, my dad handed me a check and said, there, we're going to pay for everything. See, when I was normal, there were things that would pop up that would totally trip me out. I don't know if you're living in that right now. Things that would happen with other friends that I wanted to have happen. There were things that people would get that was the normal thing to have that I wouldn't have. There was this trend that emerged in the late 80s. I don't know if you remember this. It was a shirt that everyone had this shirt except me because my parents were too cheap to buy me this shirt. They didn't want to go drop 40 bucks to buy me this shirt. Look at this. It was a Coca-Cola rugby shirt. And I cannot count the nights that I sat sleepless in my bed wanting one of them things. And so I finally saved up and my mom found me one on sale at the Sam's Club. And I went and got one so I could be normal. See, when I graduated from college, I was already on staff at a, a church in Chattanooga. It was a really great opportunity, to be honest with you. It was a very large church, and they had given me a lot of responsibility. And I was selected uh, to be a part of a pilot master's program, master's of theology. And so when I went back to school uh, in the middle of summer to begin my coursework towards my master's degree there, I literally walked into my apartment and knew God didn't want me to do that. All right, here's the plan for the next two years. Nope. And I called my dad. And at this point, my dad is learning to trust me when I say, I think God told me. And so um, I said, Dad, I, I think God told me not to do this. That's freaky. And so I drove home, literally drove to Chattanooga, turned around and drove home. Because I was convinced that's what God wanted me to do. When I got home the next weekend, my parents drove back up there with me. We packed all my stuff up, and I drove home. Within just a few weeks, I was hired and given the opportunity to teach in the public schools here in Stanley County, where I taught for five years. And that forever changed my life. Because when I was in a classroom in school, we learned about broken people. But when I was in a classroom at school where I was teaching and I had broken kids in my classroom, I learned a lot more that way. You see, life that is lived to be normal isn't working. And I hate to break the news to y'all. I hate to go ahead and tell you this, but you're already freaky. All of you are nothing but a bunch of freaks. And really, we have to decide what kind of freaky we're going to be, right? This is the first thing you notes. What kind of freaky are you going to be? The first kind of freaky is to be freaky in a bad way, right? We all have those family members. We all have that weird freaky uncle that at Thanksgiving, nobody wants to talk to him. And you're scared to death to shake hands because you might have to actually get in a conversation when everybody's taking seats at the dinner table. You sit on the opposite end because you don't want to be around that freaky uncle. And there's freaky that's bad to the point that people end up in prison for being 
that different. All right, but there's a, a good kind of freaky too. There's kind of different that sells out to something that's healthy and good for you. I mean, let's just, you know, vegans, right? People who have made the decision not to eat any meat or anything that's been killed or processed, right? Anything, the only thing they eat is stuff that's natural and has naturally died. Right? That's healthy, but that's freaky, <laughs> right? right? We'd all look at that and go, yeah, that's good. That's great if you can do that, but that's different. But we don't want to just be freaky in a good way. We want to, number three, we want to be freaky in a God way. I want to be freaky in a God way. I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that comes out of Matthew 7. This is as Jesus is really getting his way into the Sermon on the Mount. This two verses, if we will focus on these verses, it will radically transform your life. I would say probably these, these two verses, this one quick statement that Jesus makes is maybe one of the most influential statements in my entire life. It's affected the way that we parent, the way that we navigate life, the way that our household works. Let's read it. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those that find it are few. Think about that with me. Jesus is saying, if life looks like a road, there's a road out there that looks like an interstate. It's wide. It's easy. There's a lot of people on it. But the destination of that road, the destination of the normal road, the destination that the many are going is to destruction. But narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way that leads to life. That there is a Side street that's not as populated, not as crowded. And the destination of that road, the destination of that path is life. Normal is not working. What's normal these days? That's an important question to ask because we all at times will say in our hearts, I mean, this is normal. This is what everyone else gets. Well, what's normal these days? I mean, normal emotionally is feeling overwhelmed, anxious, and stressed. Right now, if I ask you, and I've done this so many times, it's to some degree redundant. If I asked you uh, to stand up, stand up if you feel like you're living with more stress than you should be. Most of you are going to stand up. That's normal. It's to be overstressed. To feel like I'm carrying too much in life. That's normal emotionally. What's normal financially? Normal financially is to be broke. All right? That's normal. 
That's the world that we live in. A study by Ohio State, we referenced this in, in the video. A study by Ohio State University showed that for lower middle income families, the average family spends 121% of their income each month. That means you're driving cars you can't afford, living in homes you can't afford, and you're buying stuff on credit cards that you can't afford. What's normal relationally? What, what are normal relationships look like? There's a lot of tension in there, isn't there? There's a lot of uncommunicated expectations, a lot of things that someone thinks they need that they're not getting, that they're not talking about. Normal relationally in families these days is isolation. It's not that Families don't spend time around each other. But if you walk into the average normal family that's sitting in the living room, everybody's going to have their own device that they're on, their own phone, their own tablet, their own computer, and they're not interacting at all. So where does that lead us? Statistically in America, 41% of new marriages end in divorce. All right, there's great hope because as we see over the last 15 years, that number is trending downward. All right, that's a good thing. We see marriages that originated in the late 90s, 2000s, and in the last five years, there's great hope because we're seeing them last a whole lot longer than we did in the previous few decades. But still today, statistically, 50% of, mar- of marriages end in divorce. That's normal. That's what normal looks like relationally. What does normal look like vocationally? Because most of you work, most of you spend most of your waking hours Monday through Friday doing something to make a paycheck. But you want to know what it looks like to be normal? Is that you go to that job to make money. You're simply working for a paycheck. You're not doing anything you're passionate about. You're not doing anything you care about. That's normal. And normal is not working. So I'm going to give you two thoughts that are going to anchor us throughout this whole series. All right, the first one is this. If you want what normal people have, do what normal people do. If you want to end up divorced, do what normal people do. If you want to be broke, if you want to live with outrageous amounts of debt that handicap your capacity to actually do anything with the income that God has provided for you? Just do what normal people do. If you want to live stressed, if you want to live anxious, if you want to live in that world, just keep doing what normal people do. But if you want what only a few have, you need to be willing to do what only a few are willing Wide is the gate. Easy is the way that leads to destruction. Narrow is the gate. Hard is the way that leads to life. Many are going to find their way on that broad, easy road. But there are a few. And I'm praying that during this series that there are a few of us that make a decision that this normal thing is not me anymore. Because if we're going to follow Jesus... We have to be willing to be a little freaky because Jesus was freaky. I don't know if y'all realize that. 
If you've ever read the Bible, you might actually realize that Jesus had the biggest freak flag of them all. All right? I'm going to spend a few moments kind of just exposing that because Jesus is not normal. I want want to read a few statements that kind of expose the difference between some things we would say, normal people would say, and some things that Jesus said that are straight up freaky. The first one is this. Normal people say, don't cheat on your spouse. There's very few people that are going to say, yeah, it's okay. Go cheat. Normal people say, don't cheat on your spouse. But Jesus said, don't lust for what's not yours. Around a group of men, Jesus once said, you know what? You've heard it said that it's okay to divorce your wife if she's been unfaithful maritally. But I tell you, if you've ever looked on a woman and lusted after her in your heart, you've already committed adultery. Whoa. Whoa. That's freaky, folks. That's freaky. And you want to know, we often relegate that statement to men because it's the context, but it's bigger than that. You see, Jesus says that if you ever lust for anything from a person that only your spouse should be providing for you, that's adultery. So if you're a woman and you're married and you've ever got dressed in the morning hoping that some guy at work would tell you that you're pretty, that's lust. If you've ever desired the comfort emotionally that only your husband should be providing for you from another man, that's lust. And Jesus says, the world would tell you don't cheat, but I say, don't lust. That's freaky. Number two, normal people say, create the life you want. But Jesus said, lose your life if you want to find it. See, most of us, most of the normal folks would define life by acquisition. Can I get the right things? Can I have the right friends? Can I find the right job? Can I live in the right house? Can I drive the right car? And Jesus said, if you want to find your life, give it away. That's freaky. Number three, normal people say, if someone does you wrong, cut them off. Y'all know that, right? That's what normal people say. But Jesus says, if someone does you wrong, forgive them 70 times 7 times. In other words, forgive them. Keep forgiving them. Keep forgiving them. Keep forgiving them. That's freaky. That's not normal. Number four. This is important. Y'all listen to this. If you're a powerful person, normal people say, people will serve you. If you're power, if you've got some kind of power and authority, if you're the, the boss at work, if you're the person who owns the company, if you're the CFO, the CEO, if you're the principal, people will serve you. That's what they're there for. Normal people say that. But Jesus said, If you have real power, you'll serve others. 
I mean, isn't that who he was? The God who came to earth so that we could be ransomed to him. The, the God who would wrap a towel around his waist and become a servant so he could wash the feet of his followers. And number five. Normal people say your net worth is measured by what you have. And Jesus says your real value will be found in what you've given away. I've never sat in a funeral where anyone's financial records have been read. But I have sat in funerals that celebrated lives that were generous, that gave until it hurts, because that's the kind of person they were. Giving. Jesus says, that's what will make a mark. That's how we truly become wealthy. That's freaky, guys. Jesus was freaky. And if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to be the kind of people that literally, not playing a game, not running a show, we follow Jesus. If we're going to do that, we're going to have to be freaky too. We cannot follow Jesus and stay normal. It's impossible. So today I'm going to give you two thoughts as we get close to the end of this message to help you begin to process what it's going to be for you, your family, to be freaky. The first one is that freak, for freaky people, freaky people do not think like normal people think. Freaky people do not think like normal people think think. Freaky people don't look at someone who's doing something good and go, all right, I'm going to copy that. Because when you try to copy somebody else, all you're doing is trying to be normal. Freaky people understand the way others think because it's our thoughts that become who we are. Let's look at what the Bible says in Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by how? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, the way we think becomes who we are. The way that we think about the world becomes who we are. Let me just give you a practical, simple example. If you're the person that says people cannot be trusted, they will betray your trust, they will hurt you, you will not get close to anyone. What will happen is that your relationships will always be at arm's length. There will always be people that are around you that are not close to you. You will never experience what it's like to be supported and loved and cared for because you don't let anyone get close to you. The way we think affects who we become. I love the way Eugene Peterson in the message translates that verse we just read. Let's read it. Do not become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. That one hurts, guys. That, that hurts. Don't be so well adjusted 
to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. God has to change your thinking before he can change the way you behave. And freaky people don't think like normal people think. That's why this series is going to be so powerful for us. Because over the next four weeks, as we look at God's intended design for our lives, we're going to see that the idea of normal has infected so many areas. It's affected the way we think about money, the way we think about our time, the way we think about our relationships. It's affected even the way that we think about our relationship with God. So over the next few weeks, as we dive into this, it's going to be significant for you. The second thing that freaky people do is freaky people do not live like normal people live. Freaky people do not think like normal people think, and freaky people do not live like normal people live. Let's look at what the Bible says in 1 Peter 2. Friends, this world is not your home. So don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when he arrives. In other translations, that verse says this. Live as an alien in this world. Because this world is not your home. If you love Jesus, if your life has been given to him, this world is not your home. And because it's not your home, the ways and customs, the normal of this world should not be our normal. See, normal's not working, but God's way is. And God has a freaky just for you. You see, too often times we'll hear stories of things that God has done where there's this brand new way of living or someone has made a decision like we have friends who said, you know what, no more of this technology in our house. We're going to, everybody when they come in, all right, laptops, iPads, cell phones, all on the kitchen counter. We don't get those out. We spend time together. And if we come out and as a family, we go, that's us. We want to do that too. All we're doing is being normal. We're just copying what somebody else has done. I believe that God has a custom-made freak flag for you to fly. He has his own custom way that he wants you to live. I've seen these begin to emerge in our church. About two and a half years ago in July of 2012, a young man who was in my student ministry in Columbia when I was a youth pastor, emailed me and said, Kevin, I know you're getting ready to start Vortex. 
and I've been praying about coming and being a part of it. And I'm scared because I don't know if this is the right decision to make, but every time I pray about it, I feel like if I say no to this and I say, God, I'm not going to go, that's just the wrong decision. And so without having ever visited here, without knowing anybody other than me, without having any promise of any source of income or place to live, he committed to come here. And two and a half years ago, he moved, and he's been a pivotal part of our church since then. He's the guy who produces our service, makes all the videos that you see. About a year ago, a family that was, has been attending our church, who'd always attended church very casually, But God's been doing something in their hearts since they came here. Came in and said, Kevin, I know we're going to have to build a building one day. It's growing too fast. It's going to have to happen. We own these two lots at Lake Lure. We'll give them to the church. We'll sell them. You can have 100% of the profit. That's freaky. Every Sunday morning, there's a team of 10 15 men and women who show up here before 7 a.m. on the day that all of us want to sleep in. And they run cables and put up pipe and drape and assemble a sound system and stage and kids' environments on a day that all of us just want to rest. That's freaky. If we're going to choose to follow God, our lives are going to look freaky. As we get ready to kind of close this, I want to just want to tell you this. I'm, I'm sick and tired of normal. I'm sick and tired of sitting down with that normal young family that's so in debt they can barely, barely pay their bills. They're driving a car they can't afford, living in a house they can't afford. I'm tired of that normal. I'm tired of sitting down with families where a husband and a wife have been married for years and they don't talk or communicate with each other. They don't even know what the other wants or needs because they don't communicate. Because they're all spending time doing their own thing. I'm tired of that normal. I'm tired of normal because normal is not working. And let me talk about another kind of normal that I'm sick and tired of. I'm tired of normal Christianity. I'm tired of normal Christians because in the culture we live in, it's normal to go to church on Sunday. But it's abnormal to be the church on Monday morning, on Tuesday morning, on Wednesday morning, on Thursday morning, on Friday morning, on Saturday morning, and on Saturday night. It's abnormal. It's freaky to be the church. You see, normal Christians want to go to a safe church, hear a safe sermon, go eat a nice lunch where they can talk about the jokes the pastor dropped. But freaky Christians live lives of sacrifice, live lives that are compelled to take the message of Jesus and just propel it forward. I'm tired of normal Christianity. I'm tired of us living lives that demean the name of Jesus because they deny the power that he has to transform your life. Because when we decide to be freaky, 
When we make that decision, that normal is not working, it's broken, it's busted, I don't want any part of it. Somehow, when we choose to get off the interstate and turn on to the scenic byway, somehow something happens and Jesus in Matthew calls it life. That he gives us life. So it's my prayer today that many of you will step out of your normal lives that are heading in that normal direction and embrace your own freak flag. Let's pray. God, today, many of us are just sick and tired of what's normal. And so we ask you, God, by your great grace and mercy, would you come and rescue us from normal? Would you come and Redeem us, buy us out of the sin that left us to normal. So that we can live lives that are abnormal, that are different, that are freaky. Because God, if we're going to follow you, we're going to have to be freaks. And I know that just like the teenage middle school version of all of ourselves, the last thing that many of us want is to be different, but the last thing that we really want is to be destroyed, and that's what that life is going to leave. So today, God, let us make the decision to cut off of that wide path. Turn towards you. With nobody looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed, let me ask you this question. Maybe today for you, for the first time ever, you realize that even though you've went to church, even though you've, you've played the religious game with God, you have not given him full control of your life. You've not went all in. God, whatever it takes, whatever kind of different you want, I'm yours. Maybe today's the day that you give him everything. If that's you, and you know that today you need to commit fully to God because you've been half-hearted in it before. Would you raise your hand right now? That's me. I need to commit to God. Who else? Who else? Who else today? I need Jesus. Who, who's here that would say that today? I just need him. So God, for those with their hands up today, those who say that they need you, they want to commit their lives to you, God, we just ask you to come and do what only you can do, and that's to rescue them, to change them, transform them, uphold them, encourage them, strengthen them, God, for your glory, for your renown. God, take them and use them. It's in the name of Jesus.